welcome to Let's Talk About Self-Esteem. I am your host, Marion Davis, and I'm also the director of Self-Esteem Boston Educational Institute. Today's discussion will be about assertiveness, assertiveness and how it relates to self-esteem. But before we bring on our guests to talk about this, I'd like to um, acknowledge um, the two ladies that are here today from Self-Esteem Boston, we'll say. Uh, Amihan Jennifer Matias is a trained self-esteem educator and founder of Capwa. Did I say that right? I hope. Yes. yes. Uh, racial Equity Transformation. And Betty Doherty is a self-esteem educator, recovery coach, and chair of Self-Esteem Boston's Board of Directors. So thank you guys for um, you know taking the time and the expertise. You guys have a lot of experience. I was talking earlier um, to Dr. Max about that. And so I think that would be a good time now to welcome Dr. Max to our self-esteem stage. Hello. So it's really a pleasure to have you you know, take the time out. And uh, I was going to say, you know, I kept thinking after this show, I'm taking a cab to go to North Station and get my train and everything. But but I kept thinking, well, maybe somebody there could um, give me a ride. And I thought, I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, so we're, we're happy to have you. And I just want to tell people a little bit about you. Dr. Maxine Ruddock is a clinical psychologist licensed both in Florida and New York, and is an accomplished speaker, lecturer on mental health and wellness. Dr. Ruddock is the founder and clinical director of Comprehensive Psychological and Assessment Services. Dr. Ruddock is particularly interested in women's issues, relationship issues, and in providing professional and personal coaching that transforms people's lives. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. When we uh, we we chose you to be on this show because of your experience and because we know that you really want to be famous someday, so we figured we'd get you get your foot in the door. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah. So we're um, we're we're um, going to talk about. Um, assertiveness today because we think it's a really important piece of self-esteem. It's also one of the six elements we believe as Amihan is, is nodding yes. Did you have something you wanted to add, Jen? I mean, Amihan? Yes, that assertiveness is so crucial to developing a strong and healthy self-esteem. So I'm glad we're getting the opportunity to actually talk with Dr. Ruddick about it today. Mm -hmm. So, Dr. Ruddick, what's you know, what is your relationship to assertiveness? Have you always been an assertive person, or is it something that you had to learn? Um, you know, yes. Well, uh, I, I can say that my assertiveness. I think there was a, a foundational aspect to it, but I'm really from a culture where traditionally women are not necessarily encouraged to be too assertive. And so kind of growing up and looking at that and just looking at how women were being physically abused and, and emotionally abused and just not wanting that to be uh, my journey, I started to, from a very, very early age, my grandmother has always been my hero. And I would always say to her, how do I not be that? 
how, how do I not have that particular outcome for me where I understand that I'm intelligent and that I have ambition, but there's something in the society that's telling me that that's not okay. And she gave me two pieces of advice that I've always, always kind of maintained. She said, keep God first. Why? Because he is who has defined your value for you. The world may try to tell you something different, but if you can remember that value, keep that first. And the second piece is she said, get an education and stay independent. So armed with that knowledge throughout the years, uh, even when uh, opportunities showed up, uh, relationships, being a woman of color, attempting to get a PhD, lots of experiences showed up that attempted to change or put a definition on me that was not in line with that, those two pieces of information that I had already held near and dear to my heart. And so I fought for it. I fought to constantly remember what I was told, to remember that my value is not defined by them. Mm-hmm. As my grandmother, again, is my hero, would say to me, it's not what they call you. It's what you respond to. And what you respond to is what you already know about yourself. So that was the journey of how I have, and to this day, continue to fight for it because it is a learned behavior, much like helplessness is a learned behavior. Mm. Wow. Thank you so much, Dr. Ruddick. That was very inspirational to hear your personal journey and story. And as a woman of color myself, it really resonates, you know, the need to really work hard to know who you are, remember who you are and not let the world, you know, crush you. So, um, and thank you for being such an advocate for for people. And I know that, you know, your work is really all about um, helping people to become unapologetically, unashamedly, authentically whole and brilliant. So, um, you know, part of that journey towards authenticity requires that we assert ourselves uh, and that we express our wants, needs, and desires. Um, And people who have low self-esteem might think that those uh, wants, needs, desires aren't important because they don't believe that they matter or they don't have any value or worth. What would you say directly to those people to help support them? Well, um, as you mentioned, those people, that's their belief system. And so the first thing that we would need to do is to have an examination of that belief system. It's There's a portion of it that's important to understand the root cause of it. But then I, I think that's about 20% of the work. Because whether or not you have a full understanding of it, there is a necessary step action-based steps that needs to occur to change it, even if you don't understand it. And so the first approach that I tend to have is to say, well, let's let's kind of go into that and see what the root cause of it. But then I also want to know in the present, what is supporting it? It's supported by the people that you're around and the environment that you're in. And if that environment is not conducive to the development of the self-assertion, then we are going to take an actionable step to change that. I also want to be very careful in terms of culture because that makes a difference in terms of how assertion is expressed to maintain um, harmony between the individual, because you certainly don't want the assertion to go over into aggression and then it creates disharmony and isolation because then that can lead to other things. So it's a, an, an analysis of the process of how you got here, what's supporting it and what we do we need to do to change it. Great, thank you. 
Wow, that was wonderful. Thank you so much. Is it okay to call you Dr. Max? I love Dr. Max, yes. <laughs> All right, Dr. Max it is. I like because Marion said that. Thank you so much for that. Oh, that was wonderful. I really like that you highlighted, highlighted um, the culture as a factor. You know, it, it made me think about the next question, which is how do you help people develop assertiveness? Um, again, it's a, a multi-step process. And if we are going to be looking at culture, it's important to meet the person where they are and to have an understanding as to, again, what fed it, what's supporting it, and what needs to change so that they can go into what I consider to be their divine design. And so if you're from a collectivistic culture, it's important to understand that lots of conflict can, can occur if the individual begins to institute changes by focusing too much on the I, because the we is very important in the collectivistic culture. And there are ways that one can assert oneself without necessarily burning down the house. We do it step by step because the concept of low self-esteem and difficulty assert, um, asserting oneself is a learned process that occurs over the years. And so we don't immediately attempt to dismantle it because that can also create lots of dissonance or discomfort inside the individual. It's too drastic. And so one of the first things that I do is to help the individual to pay attention to that inner guidance that's inside of them. How do you feel in the presence of this person or in this situation? Pay attention to that. That's your first guide. If it is a sense of well-being and you feel whole, then those are the things that we are going to work to increase. But if it is a sense of feeling less than, feeling unheard, feeling devalued, feeling as if you want to run, then we need to pay attention because that's one of the situations that's actually supporting low self-esteem. And then we create a game plan with the individual, meeting them where they are, because you certainly don't want to shock the system, not theirs, nor the society that they're in, because an interdependent community means that you can get that person cut off from something and they need that support. So you work with them in the area and we do it two things when you're trying to change habits and behaviors, consistency and contingency. The contingency is how you reinforce the behavior so they can see the relationship and understand how they're making change. And the consistency is where you work on the neural processes to make it into habit so that it becomes automatic. So when teaching assertion, I pay attention to those things. I pay attention to where the person is, the impact, how much I can take them out of that comfort zone because the change that they need to go out of that comfort zone without burning down the house and then teaching them how to constantly replicate the behavior until it becomes habit. Wow, sounds like a scientist. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like something about that PhD will do it. Yeah, that's psychology stuff. Do you have extreme esteem? How do you measure success? I choose to be conscious about not using drugs and alcohol. I fill my life with purpose by helping others. I'm here to live up to my own expectations. I live by values I respect. I am responsible for my own happiness. I love and accept myself exactly as I am. If you want to learn more on how to achieve extreme esteem and personal success, selfesteemboston.com.
To me, self-esteem equates to pride in who I am. We all have struggles and self-doubt sometimes, but it is important to remember that the good and the bad makes us who we are. The challenges and barriers I've endured have led me to my proudest moments. Without dedication to moving forward using hope, affirmations, and positive attitude, I would not be where I am today. What's, um, so maybe you already said this, but what's, what's the difference between someone being assertive and somebody being aggressive? Because it's not always obvious, um, the, those, those qualities. I remember um, many years ago when we started a program at one of the, um, the shelters where the women were mostly Spanish speaking, you know, we did a workshop where, you know, we taught them about us being assertive and um, not having, not really knowing at the time anything about anybody's culture. We just, you know, did the workshops and worked with whatever came up. One woman said, oh, no, we can't be assertive, not in my household because my husband, my kids, and, you know, whatever else. So, um you know, she she eventually actually became aggressive and the situation went down the toilet. But besides that, um, you know, assertion and 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 um, and uh, aggression are from the same root. Right. But it's different. How it manifests. Their communication styles is the way of communicating so that you can get your needs met. So we tend to identify three main styles. They're the passive, aggressive, and assertive. There's also a combination of passive aggressive, you know, the person that will do the sarcasm. No, 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 no. Don't worry about my feelings. Um, why should you worry about me? Well, I'll just sit here and I stay behind and you go ahead and live your life. That's passive aggressive. <laughs> Those are the ones that induce the guilt. And then if you go to them and you, you try to have a direct conversation, they'll say, no, where'd you get that from? You know, call that <laughs> gaslighting also. But if you were to com um, compare assertive and mm -hmm. aggressive, aggressive means that the other person doesn't matter. It really is an explosive way of communicating and more often than not, it leaves the other person feeling less than. Mm -hmm. Assertive means that you matter and I matter. We may not get 100%, but both of us should leave here, one, feeling whole, and two, having some of our needs met. So, example, aggressive communication. I'm going out. I don't care what you think. And <laughs> if you don't like it, you can go. Okay, yeah, that's aggressive communication. Assertive communication is my intention is to go out, but I also want to be uh, careful of how this is going to impact you. Let's sit down together and find a way that I can still go out while you are still somehow we can mediate. However, my going out is going to impact you. So it's very solution based, but mm -hmm. that person has still made it very clear that they are going out. They understand that there's an impact on the other person, cares about the other person, and attempts to find a solution so that the other person is considered. Hmm. Okay. Wow, that was great. That I was really liked how you, um, you know, emphasize that part of being assertive is really to check on your communication style you know, and how you did that comparison with the aggressive versus assertive. So it really is learning really good communication skills. So thank Absolutely. you for that. So um, 
The next thing we wanted to ask is, um, you know, there's certain conditions that support assertiveness or make it more challenging. And we're wondering, should people be assertive in every situation? Count the cost. Not every (laughs) fight is worth it. (laughs) Don't want to go out running and be the, the cavalry in every single situation. It will wear you out. Mm. Be mindful of what your boundaries are. Be mindful of your non-negotiables and also practice your responses in situations that are challenging Mm. for you. Once you go in with that, there's less chance that you're going to fumble what's going on. Um, There's a better chance that you're going to be able to assert yourself if that is a situation in which you choose to assert yourself. But you certainly don't want to fight every single fight. You're your um, automatic system will be worn out because it's like danger. The limbic system is is going, um, it's danger, danger each time. And so you kind of want to make sure that this is going to be something that's worth it for you. You also want to make sure that the audience is receptive. If it is going to be a losing battle and that person has absolutely no intention of engaging you in a healthy manner, you can still assert yourself by simply disengaging because it's not going to change your end decision. You're just choosing not to get into a hostile exchange with someone. So there's various ways to do that if you have first decided that this is something worth asserting yourself over. Yeah, I guess I guess we could ask that question again, which would be, how do you decide? How do you decide what's because you think you might be doing the right thing and but I, I like that whole the whole the whole topic of you know, trust in your instincts. If you feel like you want to run, um, a lot, a lot of women don't tune into that um, part of themselves. That um, I think has has always been part of us. With the what do they call that? The amphibian brain, or the there's another word. What is it? Do you know, Jen? The reptile brain. I'm sorry, the reptilian brain. Yeah, the reptilian. Right. There was a um, a course that I took. It was in uh, model mugging. And um, they talked a lot about, you know, like a lot of the women were very um, uh, passive and they were afraid to try certain things. Like this guy was dressed in a big suit and he, you know, he had um, he was protected and they had to they had to kick him and pound him and, you know, do whatever it was that they were learning in the in the in the group. But they, they had a hard time doing it. And they talked a lot about the reptilian brain. And they said that if you get angry enough and it's a fight or flight to save somebody's life, that kicks in immediately. And it, and it kicks in all the time, but we don't say, oh yeah, no problem. He looks okay. I'm going to go out with him and everything is groovy. <laughs> but well, you, I want to know the funny thing is we have this gift of fear Yeah, that when we are children, you start out, the baby doesn't want to go to a stranger. You make the baby yeah. go to that person. Right. And you begin to tell them not to trust their inner voice. Someone comes in and says, you know, uncle so-and-so makes me feel uncomfortable. And you're like, oh, that's just how uncle so-and-so is. Don't even worry about it. Don't make him uncomfortable. So you begin <laughs> to distrust your voice. And you're also then reared to be a caretaker. So you're supposed to think about other people's feelings mm. above your own. So you dare not make someone uncomfortable. So even when that gift of fear, and there's a book called that, is showing up in that book, this gentleman talked about interviewing all these people. 
and all of them had been um, victims of some sort of crime or something Mm -hmm. horrific. And every one of them said, for a moment, I knew, but I ignored it. So that's one of the things that you teach people to go back in until you are clear, then wait. And if you are not clear, then don't do it. It's better to, to take some time, give it yeah. some thought, do your investigation. It's okay for someone to be uncomfortable. It is okay. Mm. They, you cannot own the responsibility for that person's discomfort. They also must learn how to self-soothe. But you have a responsibility to yourself to mm. listen to a God-given gift that you have. You have common sense and you also have the sense of experience. Pay attention to those two. Combined, they tend to keep us safe. More often than not, we are harmed because we ignore those. Self-Esteem's Boston new online training centers are for everyone. Learn to use self-esteem skills in your work and in your own life. Learn self-esteem, goal setting, stress management, job readiness, wellness, and more. Online self-directed courses in English and in Spanish. This program will help you to grow and thrive when you truly believe in yourself The possibilities for your life are endless. To learn more, www.selfesteemboston.com. You know what I was thinking too, Dr. Max, when you were talking about the uh, assertiveness and the aggressiveness and you're talking about cultures and how some, some women are like, oh, no, I can't do that. We don't do that. And so I think in some cultures, we learn that you needed to be passive. You don't speak up. So now when we're trying to teach our women to be assertive, they have all these feelings of guilt that they don't deserve to speak up. Mm. Absolutely. And that's why it's a step-by-step consistent process because Mm -hmm. it's a building lives, Mm -hmm. building upon building. Emotions breed themselves. So Mm -hmm. positive emotions continue to breed positive emotions. Negative, Mm -hmm. do the same. And so as you teach these women a sense of self-efficacy, as they begin to believe in themselves, then they begin to believe in themselves. As their belief system starts to change, the actions follow. As the actions change, the belief gets reinforced. And so now you've gotten them into a really positive loop. Of course, Um, You want to be very careful because I work with women who are in physically abusive situations also. So you definitely do not want to ignore structural safety and realistic um, events that can cause harm. And again, that's why I said you pay attention to where the women are. You pay attention to the, the environment that's supporting the difficulty with asserting oneself. And then you make a realistic plan that that will actually help the woman to stepwise make a change in those behaviors. That's great. Thank you so much. So much wisdom, Dr. Max. I'm, I'm really enjoying hearing your thoughts on this. Um, and in particular, I love the concept of the gift of fear and really finding a way to focus internally on our own uh, knowing, our own intuition about um, a situation, uh, whether or not it's something that we can trust or not. And I think that's an important part of, of assertiveness. Um, and so, you have referred to culture many times throughout the conversation, and I, I wanted to bring it back to culture. Um, you know, in our Western culture, which is an individualistic culture, people focus a lot on individual rights and needs. That's what's valued. Um, I am Filipino American, 
And um, I come from a collectivist culture and group harmony and the needs of the larger community and how you are uh, interconnected with the, the larger community um, are more of a focus. And so you might be less likely to place um, your own individual needs above others because that's not how you've necessarily been conditioned. Um, and so, uh, you know, and I, and I think Betty also talked about the concept of being passive, uh, which is interesting because I can see how people in my culture might be viewed in that way, um, in the way that they, um, you know, might not be asserting their own needs about others, above others. So I wanted to, to get a sense from you. I wanted to hear your thoughts about um, how you would work with people from collectivist cultures uh, to adopt more assertiveness um, while also respecting their cultural orientation and values. So I'm from a collect uh, collectivistic culture myself. And so I understand um, what that experience is in terms of trying to balance the individual's need with the needs of the group. Also understanding the emotional pressures and the other things that are utilized to, to kind of convince that person to conform. And so when I'm working with someone like that, the first thing I, I want to do is to make sure that that person is safe because that's important. Because sometimes the response to the attempts to self-exert can be dangerous. So that's the first thing I'm going to assess for is the woman's safety. And then we talk about where can you start and who are potential allies. You will be surprised how many other people in a collectivistic culture who also their mothers, their sisters, their grandmothers, like mine, who have also wanted to and yearn for the dream for their granddaughters to do the same. And so you begin to help them to find the allies. And sometimes the allies is not in the home. Sometimes it's with a religious leader. It might be someone else in the culture. And so you begin because you definitely want to make sure, especially once that woman or that person begins to self-assert, an isolation can occur. So you want to, before you begin, connect them elsewhere. And then you start with the steps. Sometimes what we on the outside looking in on a culture and thinking that it is a passive response is not. It's respect. And so you want to also be able to differentiate with that. Once you identify those particular things, then I go in and I say, what is your dream? How do you visualize yourself? And is there a way that you can have those needs met and still be connected? Starting from that first point is where we first begin the first assertion where it's not as disturbing to the system and so that the system begins to slowly acclimate to the changes that she makes. And we adjust as we go along. We continuously adjust as we go along, always, always making sure that that person remains safe in the society that they are immersed in because you also don't want them to lose those relationships. They mean something. If you were brought up in a collectivist society, you are very connected to your people and you don't necessarily want to give that up. You just want to be able to show up as important within that society. Wow. You know what? It's time to say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I, 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 um, um, I want to continue. We can continue this discussion at another time. Right. Um, 
I, I want to thank all both of three of you for, for being here. We're really excited, you guys. This is our first one, so you guys, you know, you're the champagne on <laughs> And um, we're the one that did the boat. We we yeah, <laughs> right. And, and and I've learned a lot of stuff in more ways than I can even tell you. And honestly, it's it's been a, a really wonderful, wonderful experience. And I'm I, I have to say that when you're out with your friends and you're you know hanging out talking and you say, hey, let's uh, let's talk about politics. So let's talk about the weather and what's that's been. I said, you know what? Let's let's talk about self esteem. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Thanks to everyone for being on our show. And thanks to you, our audience. Remember, when someone wants to talk to you about the weather or politics or whatever, you can now say, let's talk about self-esteem. <laughs>